Welcome back to another episode of Inside Marketing Design. I'm your host, Charlie Marie. I'm the creative director at ConvertKit, leading the brand and marketing design efforts there. And I am obsessed with learning about how other companies handle this side of design and tech. So that's what this show is about. This week, we are going behind the scenes with a UK-based fintech company called Funding Circle. They are a lending platform that offers specialized funding options for small businesses. And our guest today is Monica Pollock, who leads the marketing design team at Funding Circle. She's been at the company for about a year and a half, and I first met Monica when she responded to an issue of my newsletter, The Marketing Design Dispatch, to tell me about a win that her and her small team had had. She told me about them breaking free from like the rote production work that marketing designers can often end up stuck in when there's just like a lot of work to do at a company. And she shared how her team got to actually take on some of the more fun, creative work that had been previously outsourced to an agency. So that's definitely a win. And we'll get into that and a lot more in this episode, including talking about things like print design work and creating TV ads that are not super common across other companies that I've spoken to this season. Of course, before we get into it though, I wanna thank Webflow for supporting the season of the show. Webflow is a visual development tool that more than 3.5 million designers and teams use to create websites without writing code. I use it for my websites and one of the best things about it is the flexible content management system. You can create collections of content, whether that's blog posts, features, testimonial codes, whatever the heck you like with whatever fields you like. And you can pull content from those collections and fields into your design to style it however you want. It's an incredibly powerful feature while also being extremely easy to use. So check it out at insidemarketingdesign.com slash Webflow to learn more. But now let's jump in and take a look inside marketing design at Funding Circle. Welcome to the show, Monica. I'm super excited to have you here and to be able to dig in on more of the exciting things that, you know, you emailed me about, about the impact that marketing design and you and your role have had at Funding Circle. So, I mean, let's just get started there. Tell us about your role uh, leading the marketing design team. What are you responsible for? How big is the team? Give us the lay of the land. So in marketing design, we've actually always been a very small team. Um, when I started about a year and a half ago, um, there was only me and one marketing design manager. He'd since left the business around early April. So luckily, by that time, we'd already started the hiring process for a new marketing designer to like help me out a bit. Um, and he joined the team um, 10 weeks ago. But there was a short period of time where I was the sole person responsible for delivering on all of our marketing campaigns. I know that feeling well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so we were really relieved when the new marketing designer joined the team. So now there are two of us and that definitely makes the workload easier to manage, especially as the design needs of the business are like really expanding at the moment. So just for context, we have 20 people on the marketing team. And then within that, we've got like sub teams who focus on different channels. Um, so for us, that would be email, um, direct mail, um, digital and social media. And then we have our broken introducer channels in like our B2B to C space. And then we have like internal and external comms. So with all of that, we kind of have this fast moving marketing machine that needs design support pretty much around the clock. So we definitely have our hands full. And then as well as the two of us on the marketing design team, we have a digital designer who's part of the wider design team at Funding Circle. 
um, and he kind of sits between marketing and product. And he's basically like an after effect wizard. Um, and we kind of pull him into projects whenever we have like a social asset that needs animating or a video that needs editing and so on. Um, and then in terms of my role, um, it has kind of evolved over the last few months because last year, in the space of a year, we lost both our head of design and the marketing design manager who hired me. So there was suddenly like all of these gaps that needed filling. So with the new marketing designer joining, um, I stepped up to more of a management role. So now I'm generally responsible for setting our creative direction and maintaining processes and just making sure we stay on track as a team. Nice. Wow, that's a lot of change then for you to have gone through in your year and a half at the company so far. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, well done for, for tackling all that. Where does the, so you're part of the marketing team, right? Marketing design fits within the marketing team. Where does that team fit within the like wider org structure of, of company? This is where we've had a bit of a reshuffle lately as well. Um, so the design team as a whole used to sit under product. So that would be both product designers and marketing designers. But since we like lost some of that high level design leadership and then our marketing design manager, it just made more sense to actually split up and sit with the departments that we work closest with. So our product designers now sit under product and like support that side of the business and marketing design sits under brand, which is part of the wider marketing team. So yeah, as a transition, like it's definitely been one that made sense because product and marketing at Funding Circle do work quite differently. And in the end, like there was just very little overlap with what product was working on and marketing was working on. So yeah, like for us, splitting up just meant that we could become close to the marketing teams that we were supporting on a daily basis um, and then align our work more with what was happening in the brand as well. Um, so yeah, we're quite happy with where we are now. And actually overall, as a wider design team, it's kind of motivated us to like come closer together in the middle and like create that space where, you know, we can be designers together and really share design ideas and have that shared goal of making Funding Circle a design-led business despite being in two different camps. But yeah, it's been working out great. That's so interesting, the fact that like actually splitting the team so that everyone is having their own separate focus and like area of expertise, I guess, has brought you all actually closer together yeah. in the end. <laughs> Why do you think that is? I think it's like since we lost some of that design leadership, we've kind of had to really, really come together as a team. And it's just nice to like bring the designers in the company together and actually talk design. So even though it made sense for us to split um, to like a more practical perspective, like we're still all designers and we still have things to talk about and we still need to align the UX side of things with the marketing um, side of things. So yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Tell me a little bit more about these, the, like the rest of the designers in the company, um, like about their roles and more about how you collaborate. Is it more than just giving feedback in these uh, joint design team meetings? So yes, yeah, so there are two of us on the marketing design team and we now have two product designers, like literally as of um, a few weeks ago, because for a long time we only had one person. And then there's our digital designer who sits in the middle. And yeah, like I said, like even though we support different sides with the business we're a very close-knit team and like you said like we have we still have our day in the office once a week where we sit together like in what we call our design corner and those are kind of dedicated design days where we can just like hang out together share ideas and collaborate and yeah like especially since our head of design left we all kind of became jointly responsible for like running the whole design function in the company. So we've really come together in fulfilling that role as a team. And I think that's what's actually brought us together. And yet, even though we don't actually work together directly on most projects, we have actually collaborated on our new website refresh, which is due to launch in a matter of weeks. Like by the time this is live, the website should be live, hopefully. So yeah, like over the last year, we've basically been working on refreshing our website UI and just generally updating 
some of our elements of our visual brand, which has been a huge effort. So our single product designer at the time was basically solely responsible for building a whole new component library. <laughs> and then the new design of the website was led by us in marketing design. Um, and that was just like design and art direction and um, around the photography that we've used on that website. Um, so yeah, it's been a really good big product to work on together. Yeah, that, that is awesome. And oh my gosh, I'm just hearing so much change you're going through at the moment, right? Like all change <laughs> for the better, obviously. But uh, I know that when we, we talked previously, um, the website didn't used to be your responsibility to design, right? It used to be something that the product designers were responsible for, which was really interesting to me. Tell me a little bit more about that change in your involvement with the marketing side then versus now. Yeah, so like you said, so the old website, we didn't really get involved that much. Um, I think like as the core part of our product, which is their small business and loan application, it was usually the product and the product designers who like made changes to the UX elements and just worked on like the user journeys within the platform. And then in terms of marketing and SEO, that all belonged to the digital team in marketing. So we only ever really changed like the hero images um, on some of the core pages, but that usually happens in line with like launching a new TV campaign. Um, and even then it was kind of a bit of an afterthought, but yeah, with, with product refresh, like definitely because we're taking a more design led approach with it, we're eventually introducing a CMS as well, which we didn't have on the old website. So yeah, so the hope, the hope is that we'll have more flexibility in updating elements and just generally be able to take a more creative approach to how our brand elements like campaign appear and live on the new website. So speaking of like this refresh and the the funding circle brand in general, I'd love to hear how it is you describe that. What does the brand show visually? Funding Circle is the UK's number one lending platform for small businesses. And we're really proud to be small business specialists. So like one of the main reasons why customers might come to Funding Circle is because for whatever reason, they can't get along with a traditional bank. And um, so in that respect, like we've always seen ourselves as the alternative to traditional lenders, you know, because we're led by cutting edge tech um, and we specialize in really understanding small businesses um, so we can help them access the funding they need to be successful, which is a really great mission to have. And the reason I love working for Funding Circle, just supporting small businesses. Um, it's really great. But yeah, this is something that's definitely reflected visually in our brand. I would say our visuals are definitely more playful and informal um, than what you'd ever see or expect from a bank. But we're always kind of towing that line between playful and approachable and then also being seen as a trustworthy financial service. So yeah, there's always that balance that we're trying, we're trying to strike. And historically, actually, like a lot of our marketing assets have featured a visual from a TV campaign that we would have on at the time. So then our job as marketing designers would be to take that creative, whatever it may be, and integrate it into assets across channels. And most of the time that works really well, right? Because you've got, you've got all of these high value visuals that look really premium and professional. And then they link back to that ad that you might see on the telly. And it was usually enough to like visually carry our marketing campaigns alongside our base brand elements like colors and typography. And we have produced like really, really cool, quite out there TV creative over the last few years. At the moment, our TV ad concept is based around this idea of business owners growing these purple Muppet hands. And the main idea is that, you know, funding circle can be the lending hands for your business. And they're really cute. Like they're actually physical purple Muppet hands that we can kind of create assets with. And um, so actually the agency that we worked with to produce that ads have created like a bunch of static and gift assets. And um, so we're really all about putting giant 
purple Muppet hands all over our marketing, which is very useful, actually. Like when you need to like point to a CTA or like a cute thumbs up and a DR email. Yeah, so practically they're working really, really well, which is great because there definitely have been times where a TV created like didn't necessarily lend itself um, as well as other marketing assets. And that's when we definitely kind of stuck because we've relied on campaign visuals to carry our marketing for so long. Our core brand elements like hadn't exactly evolved um, to function independently. So this is a big thing that we're focusing on now with the new website and the refresh. We're really looking to create like a richer, more layered core brand just so we have something a bit more neutral to fall back on. And if a TV campaign just doesn't quite work for a particular reason. Um, So for instance, like if there's a financial crisis or like another pandemic, you know, purple hands might not be the most appropriate thing to have on a newsletter. And you need to quickly pivot to to something else, right? Yeah, yeah, Mm. yeah. So we're really trying to mitigate that. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, to think that most of the brand visuals you're using came from, from the TVCs. So you were like you know, really constrained to that in a way and that now you're having a little bit more freedom and perhaps the TVC creative will come more from the space brand and the visuals that you've been creating now too. Yeah, like, so the idea is to definitely have both, like definitely have that core visual brand and then be able to like integrate the campaigns into it or be able to take them out um, as and when we need. Let's talk more about um, producing TVCs then, because that is not something that a lot of tech companies do. You know, we may like earlier in the season, we talked to the team at Monday.com who produced an ad for the Super Bowl. But that was very like, you know, um, that one TV spot, but very digital, mostly for the campaign. So I'm definitely keen to learn more about this. I'm sure our listeners will be too. How often are you producing new TVCs? Let's start there. So yeah, we've definitely had a first year over the last few years, purely because we've had to like recalibrate some of our more positive messaging around COVID when times weren't so great for small businesses. Um, so we've had about four different TVCs over the last four years. So yeah, definitely lots of challenges to the marketing design team to like integrate those into a whole new set of assets every time. But the idea of lending hands is definitely to have it there for a longer period of time. Um, so we don't have to keep like switching over and to have something a bit more evergreen that we can just use long-term alongside a more neutral core brand. Oh, interesting. So will the like Muppet hand thing sort of become like a mascot, I guess, for funding circles? Yeah, that's At least exactly for the yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's like how we're it. calling it. <laughs> and uh, what if, what about your involvement in the process of making TVCs? Do you get to like contribute to that? Because I can imagine it would be a pretty fun thing to work on as a marketing designer. And like, what does that process look like? Yes, actually, anything relating um, to commissioning a new TVC, so that's from like sourcing a creative agency um, to managing that whole process usually falls under brand leadership. Um, but where we as designers do get involved is making sure that whatever's decided on, we get the supporting assets or anything else we might need to integrate that campaign across channels. But yeah, it tends to be a really open process. Like we're usually involved in all the feedback stages and get to like peek behind the scenes when an ad's being made. But I think because it's such a big investment, the big decisions tend to be made on a high level and definitely like producing a campaign that can integrate well across channels has been a learning curve to funding circle. And this is something that we're increasingly prioritizing when looking at creative pitches from agencies um, because we've learned that you know you can have a great tv ad but if that creator doesn't really stretch beyond the tv screen um you kind of have to have that core visual brand that's like strong enough and varied enough to fill that gap um so that's definitely where we're heading now so since you were so used then to to working with campaign creative that that comes from these tvcs 
and like that is the main visuals that you work with. How did you as a design team settle in and like decide on what this neutral brand would look like going forward? It kind of started when we looked at refreshing our brand, look and see what the new website. Um, we definitely wanted to reflect how that brand has evolved over the years because our brand guidelines just hadn't really been updated for a long time. And then we as designers um, began to take a more flexible <laughs> approach with it. Um, Making up your own rules. <laughs> kind of, yeah. But that's actually, you know, that's given us a better idea of how that brand wants to be used organically. Um, so like, for example, our official brand guidelines would have purple and orange as like the core primary colours. But then I tend to be a more reserved designer when it comes to using colour in general. Um, so I was more drawn to like the greys and like the slate side of the palette. So I kind of use that for blocks and then use purple and orange as more of the like accent colour. And then we did all eventually agree that it, it makes our assets look a bit more premium. So now we really have a chance to formalise some of those findings and um, have the actual brand in use as the basis, which is really exciting. Um, and then in terms of creating that rich, like layered virtual brand, we're just starting to explore how to make it as robust and like future-proof as possible. We're really growing as a business and we're actually launching um, some new products later this year. Um, so we really need to think about creating a design system that can support us having multiple products as well. So with the research, like we're definitely starting with some solid fundamental elements. Like um, we've introduced new photography, um, which looks great. And then we've introduced new colors to kind of signify all the different products and we're introducing circles as well as like a graphic device which we didn't really have before and um, so that's already giving us a lot of flexibility um, but the idea is to definitely build on those elements and create that solid neutral style and we're actually working with like an external creative agency as well um, to help us with their discovery and development process for this and it's become like a really nice creative partnership where they're helping us take our visual brand to the next level um, and giving us that outside perspective that we might not necessarily have working in-house. Yeah, this is coming up honestly as a trend as I've been talking to companies throughout the season about brand refreshes or rebrands. There's a lot of getting an out outside agency involved for that um, you know, third-party perspective that's really interesting. Tell me more about how you typically outsource to agencies at Funding Circle because I know this is not like the first time that you've done this, right? You also do it for TBCs. Tell us more about that. Yes. Yeah, so obviously we're a really small in-house team, but actually up until recently, we've just about managed to keep most of the actual design work in-house. We do work with freelancers on occasional ad hoc projects, um, but most of the time I tend to be quite protective of our work and try to like keep it inside the org as much as possible. But we'll usually work with agencies on bigger brand campaigns like our TV ads where we just don't have that kind of capability in-house or we've worked with dedicated social media agencies or motion graphics agencies. But actually, since we've expanded that resource in-house with our digital designer, um, we've kind of managed to bring motion uh, back in-house, working with the creative agency on the visual brand development now. Kind of feels new. Um, mm. Sometimes I'm really beginning to see the benefits of actually you know, handing off some of that work um, to an external party and kind of seeing how their perception of our brand differs from how we see it internally. It's still definitely a challenge to let go because it kind of feels like the agency gets to work on all the fun bits while we still have to do the marketing meetings and we still have to tick off all the tickets. But yeah, there's, I think there's a benefit to actually meeting in the middle and working together on something that's ultimately going to make our brand better. And I think I've learned as well that it doesn't mean that your internal resource is less capable or less creative. 
it just means accepting that sometimes you just can't do it alone. And sometimes you just need an agency who can spend two solid days fleshing out design iterations where yeah. internally you just might not have that luxury because too many like, meetings. <laughs> too many meetings. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely think it needs to be a partnership. So I'm really trying to make sure that we get the most value out of working with an external agency. So like rather than being given out of the box ideas, we're actually there to brainstorm and workshop ideas together and do some of the design work as well. And that means that a lot of that value will ultimately stay in-house and enrich the internal design resource instead of competing with it. Yeah. And also like all the context you have as an in-house designer, right, is so important. Like, you know, the brand, because uh, as we know, a brand is more than visuals. So, you know, the brand perception and like what Funding Circle is trying to build much better than an agency can Absolutely. because you've got all this experience. Um, so, yeah, by by meshing together as a team, you'll get a, a better result at the end as well, right? Yeah. This idea of in-house versus agency and like the context that in-house designers have, this is the like how we met, right? This is what you contacted me about and you told me about the impact that your team had had. And I'd love to dig into this more. Tell us about the Neon campaign. How did it come to be? I'm so glad you asked about this campaign because that was actually the one campaign for us where we were able to show just how much we can achieve creatively in-house without necessarily the need for agency support. And it came about when around 2019, so that was before I joined Funding Circle, we launched this TV ad um, that kind of explored this idea of small businesses being the future of our economy. And it featured the singing baby. <laughs> yeah. You said you'd done some some weird, wonderful things. <laughs> yeah, TV and that's sees. one of them. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely wasn't everyone's cup of tea. But yeah, we had the singing baby and the ad kind of ran in the period leading up to COVID. As the pandemic hit, we had to take it off air and replaced it with an ad for like a government coronavirus support scheme, um, which we became credited for at the time. Um, so that then ran for about a year. By the time the government scheme ended, we had no other creative treatment or campaign lined up. Um, so what we did was we put Baby back on air. But again, like we just had absolutely no campaign assets to work with to extend that campaign across our marketing channels. Um, so that was you when mean you I didn't joined... want to do like baby hands or like we you know every every ad had a baby face on it. <laughs> so that was when I joined the company. So and that was a fun challenge for you to start with as your new job. <laughs> so yeah, so right off the bat, we had to basically come up with a way to make our marketing assets work with an ad that was neither scalable, nor kind of usable in any other way than TV. We tried everything. Like we tried taking stills from the video, but it just didn't work. And yeah, like you said, we just didn't want to start putting babies all over our marketing. Yeah. <laughs> so we really had to improvise. But I think it was it was the right time because that was a time when businesses were opening up again after such a long period of uncertainty, you know, emerging from the pandemic, ready to face the future. Um, so we just kind of brainstormed it um, and we immediately thought of these like open for business neon signs and shop windows. And then we thought, actually, that's a really nice visual linked to the baby's purple nightlight in the TV ad. So that was kind of our bingo moment, like, yes, we've got it. So we kind of ran with it and we just created a bunch of like neon sign assets. And what we did as well was use our existing case study photography because we had no budget or time for new photography. And we put these big like neon quadrants around our borrowers, which is like a graphic device that we were using at the time. And this kind of really nicely conveyed how the purple glow of Sunning Circle 
empowered small businesses to keep going after the pandemic. Um, so that was really great. And yeah, we just came up with this entire conceptual campaign in a matter of weeks and created everything in-house. And then when we actually started applying it to some of our existing marketing templates, everyone just absolutely loved it. And I think, yeah, it was definitely right for the times. It was right for us as a brand because it was bold and different and very much alternative. And yeah, best of all as well, we got to um, expand the campaign internally. So people like coming back to the office after lockdowns, so it was kind of like funding circles open for business as well. And we actually installed real neon signs around the office. And yeah, it was very, very oh, cool. Oh, that must have been so fun. This wasn't the usual way you worked, right? Like usually it was the agency coming up with the campaign creative and like in-house you're doing, uh, like applying that essentially. Was it hard to convince leadership to let you handle it in-house? How did you go about doing that? And like, also, how did you make time for it? Because you also had like all the work on your plate still as well. Yes. Yeah, so the timing was actually so quick um, that honestly, I don't think anybody thought twice. Um, by, the, by the time we kind of realized the baby ad just wouldn't translate well across our marketing, it was already kind of too late and then a solution had to be found really, really quickly. I don't think even we expected for the campaign to be such a success and to be used for as long as it did. We ended up using it for like six or seven months, which is completely unprecedented. That's not what we expected. It was meant to solve like a major problem we had at the time, but it just became everyone's absolutely favorite campaign and it definitely made our marketing materials look very, very split. So yeah, I don't think anyone really expected such a big impact. And it was a massive win for our team, right? Because we showed that actually we are a creative powerhouse, um, despite having relied on external campaign creator for so long. And yeah, in terms of making time for it, we just kind of had to do it because we had no other way. Um, and I definitely spent a couple of late nights, like adding convincing neon effects to images. But without all that extra effort, um, a lot of our most successful marketing to date would never have happened. So yeah, it was definitely worth it. Oh, that's that's awesome. Quick aside before we get into, I want to dig into that, what you said about most successful marketing. I hope there's some metrics there, but what design tool were you using to add those neon effects? Were you in Photoshop for that? Good old Photoshop. Yeah. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Just got to check. You got to go nerdy for a second. Okay. Coming back, tell us about the impact of the the campaign then. You said it's the most successful one to date. What does that mean? How much can you share with us? Um, yes, yeah, so that campaign actually performed really, really well. Um, if it hadn't, it probably wouldn't have lasted as long as it did. That makes sense, yep. <laughs> one stat I can remember off the top of my head is um, click-throughs on social going up by 75% in the first three months. So I can definitely like have that and die happy. That was great. <laughs> oh, that is just so rewarding as, you know, marketing and brand designers, a lot of the work we do feels like it's not strictly measurable, you know, in a way. And so when we get a stat like that, when we can see the impact that our work had, I'm just like, oh, it's my favorite thing. Yeah, I love it that. was just such a win because um, when we did bring in Lending Hands, people were sort of like, what's going to happen to Neon? Are we getting rid of Neon? <laughs> and you're like, look, we can do this again. We did it before. We can have success again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so what you said that this means that the team, um, you know, like everyone internally saw that your team is this creative powerhouse. We don't need agencies to do the creative work. We can use them for overflow because we are a small team at the end of the day but yeah tell us more about how the perception I guess of of your team has changed internally because of this and if any processes have changed because of it too I think to be honest like a lot of, most of the changes um I can see internally like within my team um definitely for myself leading the team I definitely realize now how important it is to actually carve out rooms for those creative opportunities even if we're super busy dealing with BAU or like we're having to partner with an agency 
on bigger brand projects. Um, fundamentally, it's definitely important that the internal team can grow and develop as designers um, and have those opportunities, you know, to solve complex design problems and work on their Photoshop editing skills and just think conceptually about our brand. Um, so it's just about being protective of our internal development um, while ensuring the needs of the business are still being met. Um, so, for example, now when working with agency partners, I'm really pushing for those creative sessions where we can really become almost like extensions of each other's design teams um, instead of having that one-way delivery system. Um, and what I'd really love to do as well is actually block out at least one full day every two weeks for my design team to forget the AU, like really focus on just designing and experimenting with new ideas. Um, you know, it's not always possible and we're definitely not quite there yet because we're just so busy. But it's something I'd definitely like to see happen in the future. Yeah, it's so important, right, to have that creative freedom time because that's investing in the long term, you know? Like, yeah, in the short term, we need to get these ads shipped, but we also need to know, like, what do we want to be six months from now, a year from now, and carving out that time. Yeah, agreed. I also need to do that more and also I'm not prioritizing it at the moment. So I can relate, but um, yeah, let's let's both make that happen. So as well as TVCs, I know that something else that's interesting about your work at Funding Circle that may not be part of like, you know, the regular day-to-day -day for other tech companies is that you do a lot of print work, right? Like, like that's a big part of Funding Circle's marketing is um, direct mail. Uh, tell us more about that and like how much of the work you do is is print versus digital. Um, yes, yeah, so direct mail um, and print campaigns actually account for about 40 to 50% of conversions at Funding Circle. Important channel. Mm -hmm. We send people <laughs> a lot of letters. Um, <laughs> so um, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in terms of design, it's probably like a 50-50 split between print and digital work, which I know, like you said, it's quite unique for a tech company. So a lot of it would be like standard A4 letters with a campaign or a non-campaign design treatment. But what, what we do as well is like a lot of cool high value print formats like brochures, fold out leaflets and little gift packs. So as part of the neon campaign, we sent out a self mail package with like, you know, one of those wireless uh, phone chargers that you can put on your desk and like charge your phone. And it said funding circle powering small business. So we do nice little things like that as well. Nice. There we go. So it's, yeah, it's not just letters. It's also like, you know, little gifts and things to make people remember you. Oh, I like that. What do you find the differences are between designing for print in comparison to designing for digital? The, I used to do a lot of print design. Like that's where I got my start in design. And these days I would say I maybe have to think about print once or twice a year. And usually it's like someone needs a business card. So I feel like I've forgotten all about this now. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us what it's like for you so i absolutely love designing for prints um, and i love using i love using in design i just love it call me old school but i just love in design um <laughs> so it's just as well we get to do a lot of that but it's definitely more time consuming um, and there's more pressure on like getting that final artwork absolutely perfect before it goes to print you can't do any like fixes after it goes live can you <laughs> nope um and there's definitely also tight deadlines that you can't usually push back on um, so creative print projects will definitely take up more time and resources. And um, so for us, a project will normally kick off with a brief from the direct, um, the direct marketing team, and then it will go to copy before it goes to design. 
Um, and sometimes when the format's a bit more complicated, we'll collaborate with copy at an earlier stage, just so we're aligned on what goes where and kind of thinking about the UX process of like opening up that pack as well. And then after designing, we'll just get everyone to review it, proof it, and then send it off to print and that's it. And so do you have like longer, what is the word for it? Lead times. <laughs> lead times. Yeah. Longer lead times with it too. Yeah, if we're lucky, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we usually like prep print campaigns like two weeks before print. Um, so we just have time to like go for the print process and then send them on, on the date they're meant to be sent. Well, let's talk about the print process because this is something that I remember finding quite fun in my first graphic design job where I did do a lot of print work was getting involved with that. What level are you able to like review the proofs and, and that sort of thing with the, these campaigns? Um, yeah, not really. So once we export a file for print, um, our job usually ends there. And um, I think in, a, in an ideal world, like, we'd love to be reviewing the wet proofs. Um, especially for those high value print projects. But we usually have to turn them around so quickly um, that we just can't afford waiting for like an extra four or five days for the proofs to come back. So we generally just like trust our print partners to get all the Pantone spikes. And then the first time we'll see a campaign is when it lands on our doormats. Um, oh, wow. So you get <laughs> sent your own campaigns. That's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, in the, the graphic design job I worked in, the printers were like sort of just down the road from our office. So we got print proofs very quickly from them. So yeah, maybe that's why I was able to be so involved in it. <laughs> but another interesting thing about print work versus digital, because we were just talking before about how great it is as designers to be able to measure the impact of our work and like, oh, that's fun to get those metrics. How do you measure the impact of your work in print assets because it's not like someone is like clicking on that letter and you're tracking that click you know that's an excellent question actually because before I started working at Funding Circle I definitely used to think that it was harder to measure the impact of print assets versus digital because um, you know you haven't got the click-through rates or interaction indicators that you can measure and therefore the performance metrics just wouldn't be as precise um, unless you have like a QR code or a dedicated sign number for print channels um, but actually what our marketing team at Funding Circle is really good at is measuring the impact of our print campaigns. Basically, we just send a lot in volume. So if you're a qualifying small business in the UK, you will have received a marketing letter from Funding Circle, which kind of makes our success and failure highly measurable. Um, and then in terms of conversions, we know exactly which businesses and addresses we sent to from our database. Um, so we know if they respond by filling out a loan application. Um, and again, like, you know, you can never be 100% perfect, but we do have a strong baseline of what print campaigns do to our overall conversions in the business. Um, so our predictions can be very accurate just on that basis. Um, yeah, I don't like fully understand it, but it's a very well-oiled machine. I wonder if it's, it's sort of, sounds sort of like um, measuring brand advertising, right? Where um, it's hard... Brand ads, like general awareness ads, aren't designed to get people to click straight away. Like, it's great if they do, but it's not the the whole point. And so we sort of, like, test different markets or, like, it's on-off testing where it's like, oh, brand ads are running during this period and we got this much traffic. So I imagine maybe something similar for the campaigns where it's like, well, we know we sent out this letter in this month and this is all the traffic we got. So probably it had an impact. <laughs> what we do as well is a lot of creative format testing. So whenever we want to do like a cool new print format, like a gift pack or a print pack, that's just a bit more interactive. Like the wireless um, charger? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll usually send it alongside like a control version that we've tested before so we can measure the direct impact. And what we have actually seen is that creative packs do um, have a direct a positive impact on our conversion. So we're always looking to do more of that and just keep learning by testing things out. Oh, that's fun to like know as a designer as well. If you're like, look, the data shows that if I do something more creative than just sending an A4 letter, we're going to get better results. So let me do something fun. <laughs> Very satisfying. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Okay, we've talked about a few like challenges that you've been working through at Funding Circle throughout this episode already, but um, I'm curious to hear like what are some of the main ones you're facing right now? Either you and your role, you know, in this new space, leading marketing design efforts, or perhaps as a team. So yes, as a wider design team, um, we are definitely working to make Funding Circle a more design-driven business, um, and that kind of means pushing the boundaries of what we've done previously. At the moment, like with the research project, we're also looking at redesigning all of our existing marketing assets just in line just with the new them. design style. <laughs> just all of them. Yeah. Bit by bit. <laughs> There's a lot of work um, to be done here. Yeah. And one of my main objectives actually is to deliver a tight and robust set of brands and design guidelines off the back of that project. So we can make sure the new standards we are trying to set for the business stay with us long term. And then also we're transitioning into a multi-product world um, and launching multiple products alongside our core small business term lines over the next few months like we're really trying to figure out what that multi-product phase of the brand is going to look like and how we kind of properly differentiate between the different products visually while still making them look part of our core brand and I think the, the main design challenge is that we're a really really fast-paced tech business and things are usually developed and launched before we've had a chance to like think about it or like come up with the whole complete design treatment so the next few months it's definitely going to be about living with like temporary inconsistency um until we've like just gone through all the beta phases and um, learned what doesn't doesn't work so yeah we'll just really need to learn to embrace agility as a team yeah and like definitely sounds like as a team you know as a design team you're sort of self-governing the standards of the brand right like you said that you, you don't have the leadership there and you're you're doing it together as a group and so it'll be really important to like ask you ship things that are temporary. Just remind everyone, this is temporary and we are going to do this differently because we can do better than this. Yeah. That's what I always find myself doing as well. It's like, we're going to ship this now because I know we need it quickly, but I'm not proud of it and I want to do it again later. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you in your career? I mean, you know, you've obviously accomplished a lot since starting at Funding Circle and your role and like responsibilities have sort of changed a bit over that year and a half as well. But what what's next? What skills are you building next? What growth are you looking for in your career? So I've been thrust into the world of team management um, in the last few months. Um, and while it's really exciting and where I kind of always want it to be, I still have to learn a lot about creative leadership and just managing a small in-house design team. So I'm just reading a lot of management resources and focusing on being the best leader I can be. Oh, I love that. If you need a recommendation, then I'm going to suggest for you Making a Manager by I'm reading Julie that Zoo. at the moment. There I'm we literally go. reading I think that. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yep. I read it when I started leading uh, the brand team at ConvertKit, which is like, still feels pretty new to me. It's only been a couple of years. Um, and it was, it was a great read. So I love that. Let's end by talking about what you are proud of. And obviously you could answer everything that we've talked about, all the wins that we've shared in this episode, but is there a certain like project or impact from your time at Funding Circle that you're most proud of that you want to share? The neon campaign and how well that that seventy five percent increase in conversion. Yep. And yep. <laughs> um, but honestly, like I think I'm most proud of um, how far we've come as a wider design team and how tight knit we've become. You know, despite no longer having a head of design to 
create that unity uh, between marketing and product. We're filling a lot of those leadership gaps in both products and marketing just by sharing ideas um, and striving towards the same goal. And this is already starting to have a massive impact on our work across the business. And all of our designers are just wonderful, like insanely talented guys. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't be happy with where we are as a team right now. That's awesome. Well, it'll be exciting to see, like, look at this new website that by the time this episode is out, like everyone can go and look at it and see the hard work that your team have been doing. And yeah, just seeing how things evolve from here. Thanks so much for everything that you shared today, Monica. Thanks, Charlie. Now, I don't know about you, but I just loved Monica's attitude towards her work. You can really tell she takes ownership of the projects on her plate, right? And isn't simply like churning out briefs from the marketing team. She has a vision along with the rest of the design team for what design can do for Funding Circle. And she's working to bring that to life. And I find that really inspiring. I often hear from marketing designers who are feeling frustrated that they can't take on the projects that they want to work on or that there's not perhaps the design culture that they really want within the company they're at. So if you are in the situation, I hope you can learn from what Monica shared today and just open your mind to the possibilities that could come with you deciding to step up and take ownership of those things. It was really fun to get to talk print too, going back to my print design roots and especially surprising to hear just how much of the conversions that drives the funding circle, 40 to 50% is is a lot from print. So thanks again to Monica for all the insights she shared today. I'll leave links in the description and the show notes where you can follow her and her work. And thanks again to Webflow for sponsoring the season. If you or your team is looking for a website building tool that has all the ease of a drag and drop editor without any of the like clunky code that comes along with those usually, then head to insidemarketingdesign.com slash Webflow and you'll find all the episodes of this season so far as well as the past ones in both video and audio format at insidemarketingdesign.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.